Uh, so tonight we're looking at Mark 14 and the trial of Jesus, and Mark 15 as well. But um, as we uh, look, I think that hanging over this passage is the fall, and two, two parts in particular, and uh, the... Um, the woman said to the serpent, uh, we may eat from the trees of the, in the garden, any of the trees in the garden, uh, but God did say, you must not eat f- fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Uh, you must not touch it or you will die. You will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman. So the, the, the devil is saying, there is no punishment for sin. There will be no death. <coughs> And right at the end, just to sum up, what we're going to say tonight is there, there was death and Jesus died that death in our place, didn't he? Mm. The wages of sin was death and Jesus took that death. And then the devil said, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You will be the ones who judge what's good and evil and you will be like God. And then the man said, uh, when God said, what have you done to the man? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit and I ate it. Which depends on how you put the emphasis on that because it can be the woman you put here with me gave me the fruit, but really... Uh, 212. Yep, 3.12. 3.12. Yeah, Genesis 3.12. Or it could be like this. The woman you put here with me. In other words, it's your fault, God. Because at the end of the day, uh, humanity from that point has wanted to be like God, to be God, to say he has no right to make judgments. And if there's any problem in this world, it's his fault. Hang on. What were the two emphases again? The two emphases, yeah. uh, you'll be like God. In, and In verse 12? No, no, verse 5. Okay, but, yeah, go on. Yep. But, but I thought you were saying, uh, it depends how you read verse 12, what did you say? The man said, the woman whom you got... Uh, the woman you put here with me, or the wo- it could be the woman you put here with me, it's her fault, or the woman you put here with me, it's God's fault. Hmm. Blaming the woman or blaming God. That's right. He definitely knew that it wasn't his fault because he's he's right to judge good and evil. He's got it all together. doesn't matter. It's just not his fault. That's right. It's not, that's, <laughs> Either way. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. I want to start just by going back in Mark just one little bit and remind you of a parable that I think uh, we preached on recently and that was the one of the tenants and you remember the property owner sent the tenants away uh, it, the, the tenants he sent servants and then finally he sent his son he had one left to send a son whom he loved he sent him last of all saying they will respect my son but the tenants said to, him, to one another this is the heir come let's kill him and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out in the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read the passage in Scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvellous in our eyes. 
Then the chief priests and the teachers of the law and elders looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them, but they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. So he told a parable about them killing the son and they knew he was talking about them, so they went and made plans to kill him. And what, what our passage tonight is about... <laughs> it's quite ironic. <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, is that, that event, the trial of Jesus. And we're really talking about there's three meetings that happen in this, in this trial. Uh, I think if you read Luke's Gospel, you get a fourth one where Jesus is before Herod, but Mark doesn't recall that one. And if you take notice in this passage, and really through chapters 14, uh, you know, people say, and probably rightly so, that Peter was the one who dictated this gospel to Mark. Uh, the stuff in tonight's reading and the stuff this morning where we had about the rooster crowing, it's all things that only Peter could know because uh, he, was, he was the eyewitness to this, just out of interest. Okay, um... Yeah, and I also thought after preaching on the the rooster crowing this morning, Peter shared all of that and put it in the story. Very humbling moment. His own story. His own story. Yeah, he didn't, there there is no gloss on him, which means that he was justified and he knew it. Because if you weren't justified and you and you didn't know it, you would never share that story. But this is how it happened. I'm not. A, I'm not afraid to talk about sin. And by the way, there's probably it's seemingly not much worse sins than denying the Son of God. And he he can share that. Did you get that call? Yep. Okay. So, firstly, they've arrested Jesus in the garden, and they take him off now, and they are trying to find a legal way to have him killed. So, Rob, could you read verses 53 to 65? And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and elders and scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I'll destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet, even about this testimony, their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men what is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest And the high priest tore his garments and said, (coughs) What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and strike him, saying, Prophesy. And the guards 
received him with blows. Mm. Okay. <coughs> so they're looking for a charge against him. They want to put him to death. The Romans didn't allow vigilantes. So you couldn't put someone to death or condemn someone yourself. The Romans ruled the country. So they had to find a charge in some way to, uh, to make him found guilty before the Romans. This was why they always were trying to make him out that he was overthrowing Caesar or... That's right. Yeah, they had they to with their own law. Yeah. Yeah. He he's, he puts himself up as a king alongside Caesar, mm. which is quite hilarious because the whole way through this passage, he's called the king mm. by Pilate and everybody else. Mm. <laughs> um, but king of kings. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a witch hunt. <laughs> they, you know, if you really think about it, they hated him. They were jealous of him. We'd been told that they wanted him dead. We told him that they were looking for a way to condemn him. It's not a real trial. It's not like we know he's guilty and we want him put away. There's this, you know, this misjustice because there's this person in the community who's guilty and no one's putting him away. This is a man who's innocent and they're trying to put him away as guilty. It said in verse 55, the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. They're searching anything. Like, surely there's something. They could find no evidence... And then many bore false witness against him, but their testimony... That's the commandment, you know, the Ten Commandments. Do not no, bear sure. false no, witness. Sure. So they're breaking the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments, in an attempt to condemn God's own son, mm. not just some bloke from down the road. In an attempt to commit murder, yeah. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, not to mention stealing glory or coveting <coughs> glory or anything else. Mm. There's, there's a whole lot going on. Mm. These are, this is not a, um, a righteous group. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We've heard I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony didn't agree. So they couldn't... No, he didn't say that. He said this. No, he said that. You know, <coughs> Because uh, in Jew, all you need is two witnesses. That's pathetic, wasn't it? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you would have thought they would have snooked it better. Yeah. Like they go right here. This is your story. Stick to this. You know, rehearse it. Whatever. I yeah. think I think there's a bit more to it than that. Though. No, no credible witnesses. And did they really think? No, honestly, think about it. Did they really think this bloke was going to walk in and destroy the physical temple? <clears throat> yeah. Um. No, um, Jerusalem building you know, off. in the end, they say he's speaking blasphemy, but you've got to say, uh, are there man-made traditions? They're speaking against Yahweh, Yahweh's son. Who's blaspheming here? Excuse me, Derek. When these people are making false accusations, do they really, really realise that Jesus is the King. Okay, can I come back to that a bit later on? Because I'll answer that question. But that's a very good question. Do they really know who he is? What they do? Yeah, no, that's a very, very good question. Yeah, we, we, if you're happy with me to come back for that. Basically, though, they couldn't indict the perfect... Indict is the word they use today, this perfect son of God. You see, what they're actually doing is they are trying to find sin against God himself. That's why they needed to make a false witness. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so the question I'm asking right through this tonight is who's on trial here? 
God with his plans of salvation. I don't believe so. I think that in the end, the trial to find who's guilty is about humanity. Humanity's on trial mm. with their rebellion against God. Mm. They're the ones who are shown to be guilty at the end, mm-hmm. aren't they? Mm. And so the high priest stands up and says, um, you got any answers to this? Uh, what, um, in your, why would Jesus have to answer false testimony anyway? What do they say? You shouldn't dignify a lie. If someone tells a lie about you, you just shut up. And uh, he remained silent. And then finally he asked again this question. So he'd obviously asked a number of times and Jesus had been silent. Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? Um, At first Jesus uh, refused to speak. He didn't need to answer understand right now he didn't need to answer this this is a kangaroo court it's immoral it's illegal and it's sinful so when jesus actually answered this question it was not because uh he he was compelled to he did it to fulfill the father's plan for salvation Uh, because you see there's one person in control of all these trials and conversations and when, when Jesus, if you read those gospel, was before Herod, he wouldn't even speak to him. Never spoke once. Mm. Never, not interested. This bloke's not worth it. So, you see, in one sense, he let it go till now because he had the, Jesus was ensuring their guilt and their condemnation, not his own. Yeah. So, they hated Jesus he was true and innocent and then uh, they wanted to find guilt with him do you remember uh, on the day of Pentecost um, Peter said fellow Israelites listen to this Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you with the help of wicked men Put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Okay, so all this happened, but understand Jesus is in control here. He's leading this show. Are you the son of the blessed one? Are you the Christ, the Messiah that is? I am, said Jesus. Well, that's clear. And you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Starts with I am. That's just to get him really angry that right up there. The, just that little just I am, which sounds a lot like Yahweh. Yeah. Yeah. And you will see me at the right hand of God the, himself, the mighty one. That's God Almighty. He's just making sure he's using all the words. Yahweh, God Almighty, me. Coming in the cloud of heaven. That's the glory cloud of heaven. Uh, in all God's holiness... I'll be there. That's what he's saying. Now, uh, you could say he's staring the pot, but he's actually just telling the truth. Mm. There's, there's no lie in him. He's not a false witness. He's the son of God. He's the Messiah, and more than that, he is God. The high priest tore his clothes. We don't need anything more. No more witnesses. This is blasphemy. What do you all think? And they all said, this bloke, this man is worthy of death. Yeah. So 
said blasphemies making out your God or blasphemies speaking against speaking God or against speaking God. against God but also it, it, in one sense it, it's taking the place of God I guess <clears throat> but yeah this is those men coming for the vineyard that's what they're doing and they are trying to overthrow the living God this is you will be like God and they're saying we're not, not good enough to be like God we need to be above him we need to put his son to death because if we're going to rule over this religious establishment the way that we want to do you can't have him there too you can't have him and us right? they understood that rightly so they wanted to rule in Jerusalem over the things of God the things of God or the things of themselves and then they began to spit on him blindfolded and struck him with fists and said they blindfolded him and said prophesy and they took turns in beating him this is not the Roman guard here this is the Jews it's only before Jews at the moment it's in the middle of the night they're hiding out they couldn't do this publicly why? because Jesus was popular Mm. They had to secretly come at night. He said that in the garden. Why do you come to me at night, by the way? <laughs> mm. you, you weak people. But what an, the ultimate insult, there is the Son of God, perfect in all his holiness, and sinful men are, are spitting on him and punching him and mocking him and saying prophecy, say prophesied to a man whose every word was true prophecy mm. and they only spoke lies false prophecy so the verdict that's been proven guilty mankind's guilty mm. guilty of uh, trying to overthrow it's called high treason isn't it overthrowing yeah. the holy god mm. So the next morning, they all gathered very early. Um, in 15 verse 1, as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council. This is all of them. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. Um, and... Then before Pilate, so this is the third sort of trial, Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Interesting question from the start with, isn't mm. it? And, and he answered him, you have said so. And uh, the Greek's a bit sort of hard to understand there. And I think in Matthew's Gospel, he says, he says something like, it, it is as you say, or something like that. But anyway... And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer. So the Pilate was amazed. At this point in John's Gospel, he tells us this, that Pilate said, You refuse to speak to me. Don't you realise I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And, Pilate, and Jesus says, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Mm. And at that point, Pilate got scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's interesting, isn't it? That he got scared. He was... Mm. It's pretty powerful, like... 
Well, he, yeah. He was pretty only half arrogant. Pretty, <laughs> pretty heavy statement to get hit with, though. Don't big note yourself here, pilot. You are not in control of this situation. I actually like, I've actually thought about that verse a fair bit. Mm. And I'm actually like so confident that you can look at a ruler or someone who's way off, way off his nut, he's totally bonkers, but yet have the security going well. That position he's in, you know, whether or not we've, you know, if we're sitting here disliking the position he's in, we go well. God's given him that power. God's still got the final say. Hmm. Yep. There's a lot of guilty men here. A lot of evil. A lot of the fulfillment of the fall right from the beginning. Jealous men. There's lots of lies. And God's plan is being worked out through the lot of them. Yeah. Now, there's a little bit of a, a sidestep here because, and Pilate thinks this could be a way out because it's the Passover feast. And now it says, now at the feast, he used to re- release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in, in, in the insurrection, when there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and asked, began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. So he's, he's, he's questioning Jesus at the point the crowd comes up and says, hey, every year you let someone go. And Pilate's thinking, ha here's my answer. I can get him out of this. And he answered them saying, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? That's what he calls him, king of the Jews. For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him released for them Barabbas, Barabbas instead. Barabbas is a murderer, a violent insurrectionist, right? And they're saying, we would rather have a murderer let go than this Jesus, king of the Jews. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out to him, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Now, if you want a statement of Pilate's guilt, it's right there in verse 15. Why did he do it? To satisfy the crowd. That's called corruption. Yep. And he had Jesus uh, whipped, and then he delivered him to be crucified. Didn't he wash his hands of it as well? Yeah. You don't... (laughs) (laughs) That's very... Hello, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, I want to know, because one of the Gospels tells about uh, his wife said, had a dream, don't go near, don't do anything with that bloke. And he, he had to go home that night to his wife and she would have... Tell, tell him a new one. Foolish man. Mm. Okay. This man you call the King of Jews, that's six times in this chapter, by the way, that he's called the King of the Jews. It's actually the truth, isn't it? When they're calling him the king of the Jews, is it in a mocking way? Well, Pilate could have been saying that, but... Um, Pilate nailed it up over his head. No, Pilate, yeah, and he, the only charge and he wasn't that, taking it really down. the only charge they yeah. brought against him was that he was claiming to be the king, mm. the, the, the son of man, the king and, of... Yeah, and mm. that was... And they said, he said he was, and he goes, it's written, what's written, it's written. So he's corrupt... 
and gutless leader when you um, when the easiest option is to placate people rather than true justice <coughs> that is that's true corruption um, to call for an innocent man's death to make a crowd happy mm-hmm. that's great evil isn't it? Mm-hmm. so just again that God's in control in Acts 4 27 now this is actually during a prayer that they prayed the believers said indeed Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen so in all their planning, that is Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles that's, uh, and the people of Israel conspired against Jesus to do what his power and will had decided beforehand should happen. God's in control of this. Does that mean that they're not guilty? Absolutely not. If, if you, you, your sin is your sin and it's completely your decision, um, the fact that God uses human evil to bring about his will is, is all a matter of his grace. It's not a not a matter of taking away our responsibility. Uh, um, God never causes people to sin; they sin by their own free choice. But God makes uh, good of the situation in His eternal plans. Um, so, and then in, in, on the day of Pentecost, jumping back to that again, when Peter got up and spoke, he said, at towards the end. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Now, what Peter's saying is, on the day of Pentecost, he's talking to a great group of Jews. You people were the one who... Why, why, why you people? Because you were the ones crying out, crucify him. Yeah, you're guilty too, by the way. And you know what? When they heard that, you know what the next statement is? And the people were cut to the heart and said, what must we do to be saved? So that word was empowered by the Holy Spirit from Peter. And they knew, we are guilty. Lucky, well, not lucky, just blessed. There's forgiveness available for those who condemned him because uh, Peter said, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Yep. Okay, so then, so we're with the Romans now and the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that's the governor's headquarters, and they called together a whole battalion to mock Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how many that means. But they clothed him in a purple cloak, a sign of royalty, by the way. They twisted together a crown of thorns, a crown, and they put it on him and they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. So this is the Romans now? This is the Romans now. No. The Jews have had their go. So the Jews aren't allowed in that. No. 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 Right. Yep. And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of his purple cloak and put, him, put his own clothes on and led him out to crucify him. So they, they were no worse or better than, mm. than the Jews. But all of humanity is representative there in the Gentiles and the Jews speaking high treason against the king 
of the Jews. If the sign above him said, King of the Jews, right, and he, he was on the cross, which he did say that, by the way, and if he actually was the King of the Jews, which he was, then that there, again, was a charge of guilt against all of the people mm-hmm. and all of humanity. Because I thought they made a point in saying that it was written in two languages. Yeah, it might have been more. might have been four languages, yeah. Latin and Greek and... Like everyone, 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 just to make sure. So, so how many people were found guilty? The whole lot. There was no denying it. They had committed high treason. And if we'd have been there, we would have done the same. Yeah. I find it interesting that um, yeah, it was as our sin came to be poured out on Jesus on the cross that you start to see the people really like delve into more and more evil acts as the sins brought out towards Christ sort of thing. I don't know, that's just it might be just a bit of a weird thought, but no, I just find that everyone is just really disgusting at this time when Jesus is about to die. Mm. And then all of a sudden forgiveness is poured out. Mm. That's that's the thing. They are all committing high treason, but at the very moment the son of God is bringing by his grace salvation. Mm. Yep. Like at their moment of the, the greatest moment really of hatred in human history. <clears throat> this is human this is humanity at its lowest point ever. Mm. At that point, God's grace and love is shown at the absolute highest it can be. Mm. There, there is no greater grace and love than this. And Luke's Gospel tells us that as they, at the point of crucifixion, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. Now that's to come back to your point, uh, Cole. Did they really know? And in one sense, they knew fully, and in another sense, there's this ignorant deceit in sin um, where you, they did know, but they didn't know if that makes sense. Uh, all of humanity is morally insane. Yeah, that should get us off in any court case we ever face, shouldn't we? <laughs> Not guilty, I was morally insane. Um, but we are, and sin is dis- dis- deceiving. But 1 Corinthians 2 tells us this for sure. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 says, No, we declare wisdom. By the way, he's been talking about the cross of Christ being the power of God and the wisdom of God. Uh, in other words, the cross is the thing which is the wisest thing ever and is the most powerful event in human history for the, the, for the salvation of humanity. He said, No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay? So, if they really, really knew that it was the Son of God, he's saying they they wouldn't have done it. However, it's very hard to... Sinful humanity is sinful humanity. However, it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived... The things God has prepared for those who love him. These 
other things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Now, the things that he's talking about there are the hidden wisdom of God, the mystery that has been hidden, that God is destined for our glory before time again, which has been revealed to us through the cross. Through the cross, the manifold wisdom of God has been revealed to humanity that we might know his plan and his plan was for the salvation of humanity through the cross of Christ. And there is no greater wisdom that we'll ever have or hear about or know than the wisdom that comes to us by the Holy Spirit of the cross of Christ. Yeah. There might be wise people in this world, but if they don't know the cross, they know nothing of any value. And Paul said, you know, and then going backwards in 1 Corinthians, he said, For I resolve to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why is that? Because it's a manifold wisdom of God. There's nothing else worth knowing. And he said in chapter 1, verse 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The event of humanity at its absolute worst is the event of God at his absolute best bringing his wisdom, which is beyond human conception. And the only, one, the only place that we'll ever be saved. 